I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Q&A, our weekly podcast offering from the Hindustan Times. I'm Prashant Jha, the editor of Views of the newspaper. This week, I want to discuss Indian federalism. The Citizenship Amendment Act was passed in Parliament. But since then, we have seen a range of states, particularly ruled by the opposition parties, which have declared that they will not implement the CAA in their respective states. They have also said that they will not implement the proposed National Register of Citizens. The NRC, however, is a decision that the centre says has not been taken yet. We have also seen West Bengal and Kerala, in particular, declare that they will not work on the national population of register. What does this mean for Indian federalism? To answer this question, I want to go back a little bit and answer some more fundamental questions. How has Indian federalism evolved since India became a republic? What happened in 2014 that changed the centre-state relationship? What is happening at the moment in terms of the relationship between Delhi and various state capitals? Is there a rupture that we are witnessing in India's federal compact? To begin with, how has federalism evolved? The constitution was very careful. While India was envisaged as a federal country, the term federal was not used in the constitution. India was called a union of states. Remember the context. Partition had just taken place. There was a law and order issue. There was a fear that India as a unified entity may not survive. The drafters of the constitution wanted a strong centre. At the same time, they recognised that India was remarkably diverse. It had different regions. These regions had their own aspirations. And therefore, they had to be given statehood. What we saw was a powerful centre coexisting with states. The hegemony of the Congress party meant that Congress was in power at the centre as well as in a majority, if not all the states, for the first few decades after independence. Therefore, in the first phase, which I would categorise as 1950 to almost 1980s, we saw a strong centre and weak states. The second phase emerged from the late 1980s. This was when Congress dominance in Indian politics started diminishing. This was also when regional parties became strong in their respective states. This was also when India entered the coalition era. This meant that anybody, any political force which wanted to form the government at the centre needed the support of regional parties. This changed the power equilibrium. Suddenly, states became more powerful. The centre was weaker. What happened in 2014? 
This is when I would suggest India entered the third phase of its federal compact. The first phase, as we saw, was characterized by a strong center, weak states. The second phase was characterized by strong states and a weak center. But in 2014, the BJP became the first party in 30 years to win an absolute majority in Delhi. Subsequently, the BJP also won a number of state elections. This, once again, tilted the balance towards the centre. We had a strong centre and we had states which more or less confirmed to what the centre's directives were. What is happening now? In 2019, the BJP, of course, won again in Delhi, won with a bigger majority. But what we have seen is the slight change in the political complexion of states. The BJP at its peak was in power or had chief ministers in 17 states along with allies. That number has dipped now. In state elections over the last few months, we have seen Maharashtra slip out of BJP's control. We have seen Jharkhand slip out of BJP's control. The Congress is in power in several states. Regional parties are in power in several states. What that has meant is that these states now assert their own independent identity vis-a-vis the centre. This, I would suggest to you, is the fourth phase of Indian federalism, where there is a strong centre, but there are also assertive states. What does this mean for current political developments? There is deep political polarisation in India right now. The BJP is in an ideologically expansive phase. It believes that the mandate it got in 2019 is a mandate to push legislations which are integral to its ideological beliefs, which is why we saw them nullify Article 370 in Kashmir. We saw them move ahead with the Citizenship Amendment Act. The other states, run by opposition parties, believe that these are unconstitutional moves, particularly the CAA. And if the centre's action is unconstitutional, states don't have to comply by it. It is this tension that is visible in the political challenges that we are witnessing to the centre's legislations. What lies ahead? If the centre and opposition ruled states continue on the path of collision, if the centre, ruled by the BJP, and the opposition-ruled states continue on the path of confrontation, we will see a rupture in India's federal structure. This is dangerous. It's dangerous for India's unity. It's dangerous for coherent government. What is needed? There are two elements which need to be addressed. The first is constitutional. The constitution has a well-defined structure. There is a union list. The union list includes subjects on which the centre has authority. There is a state list, which includes subjects where the states have authority. It is important that both the centre and the state stick to their own lists, stick to their own jurisdiction. The second element, however, is political. The BJP is powerful. The BJP has the mandate at the centre. But the BJP cannot rule India as it wants. It has to be more reconciliatory. It has to reach out to the opposition. For effective governance, it needs the cooperation of states which it does not rule. And when the BJP reconciles, when the BJP adopts this reconciliatory approach, it's important for the opposition to respect the people's mandate which lies in favour of the BJP. 
if the center and state stick to the constitutional lists if the bjp shows a more reconciliatory attitude and if opposition parties decide that there needs to be a middle way india's federal compact will become more robust the dreams of the constitution drafters will then be fulfilled if the path of collision continues we are headed for troubled times please join us for the next edition of qna next week if you have issues that you are interested in if there are questions that you have please write to us at podcasts@hindustantimes.com please also follow us on all our social media handles on instagram on twitter on facebook at hd smartcast talk to you next week this was a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast i'm any apple and i'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series raising april it's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear Each week we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Bosa, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.